you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring, Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty then, welcome to this episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. So glad that you could join me. It's an honor and a joy and a privilege to be able to do this for you. So uh, yesterday, on yesterday's show, I talked about we need a fresh revelation. If you haven't watched it, check it out. And I promised that today I would unpack um, this freedom from sin in greater depth. I've done this before, but it bears um, repeating. I think there's a lot of people out there we don't quite get this, so I'm putting the offer to you right now. If you disagree with me, if you think, no, brother, you're way off. We are still sinners. All right, we're, we are sinners saved by grace. Then please, by all means, put your best argument in the chat. All right, if, if you disagree, let's reason together. Let, let iron sharpen iron. I'm doing this for the benefit of you. I And I think, um, you know, like I said yesterday, I uh, we need a fresh revelation. I think some of you out there, a lot of you, from what I've seen and how I've interacted with you maybe, is you need a new revelation. In other words, you haven't gotten this revelation yet for whatever reason um, that anybody saved is a saint, right? We, we, are, a, we are saints. And by the way, um, that word saint is, is the Greek word used also for holy, um, you'll see it used hagios is, is, is the root word and you'll see it used a little bit differently but same meaning holy so saint is synonymous with holy now you can all look all this up you can uh, fact check me please by all means you can go to netbible.org actually just making sure yeah netbible.org um, just putting out there if you, if you disagree with me what does the scripture actually say well but I'm going to unpack that today. We're going to be in the book of Romans chapter 6. I believe um, Romans 6 probably lays it out very, the best way. Because you, know, you may be the mind, well, well, I still sin. So that means I'm a sinner. right? But, the, but that word sinner points to a different nature than a saint. Sinner and saint are, are complete opposite. So we can't be a saved sinner. There's no such thing. We, we, um, no, we are saints. We, we are holy, right? We are commanded in scripture where God commands us to be holy as he is holy, right? That means without blemish, to be perfect as he is perfect. We were commanded those two things in scripture. Now, I've said it before, I'll say it again. God would not tell us something in scripture if he wouldn't enable us to be able to do it. He wouldn't say, okay, Okay, go be holy now. Go go live holy lives. Go live perfect lives. And I and um I hope you I hope the best for you. I, I hope no 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 no. He absolutely equips us. So I I I I hashed a lot of this stuff. But like I said, if you disagree with me on this subject, then put your best argument in the chat. Let's let's reason together. Let iron sharpen iron. Um, if you think we're still sinners, then by all means put put your best argument in the chat. Put put your best scripture verses to defend your belief system, all right? There's nothing wrong with that, all right? We're not here to condemn one another. We're not here to make each other feel stupid or anything like that. But let's let's bring up the scriptures onto the screen here. So there I go off to the side, and there are scriptures come up on the screen. I'll be in the, by the way, reading from the NET. I'm discovering I really like this translation a lot. Um, and anyway, we'll, we, we might get into that in another episode. But starting off in verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to remain in sin so that may, grace may increase? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may live a new life. Now, I know most a lot of translations say the newness of life, same meaning. So we, we are living a new life. Okay, We're not living a, a, a life where, where sin now controls us. 
right? We we have been we the old man has died. That that sin nature has been killed off. Right? No longer does sin control us. And Romans 6 gets really Paul Paul beautifully lays all of this out. But but let's unpack first this part of it. That okay, baptism into death, right? That that's you know you, you know that if you've been water baptized and I hope you have and if not you need to right it, it's it's signifying that that we we were dead we were killed off amen and we were reborn new notice the biblical language doesn't say remade reborn uh, refurbished um any other language repaired um in other words make in other words something that says we were just made or, or or we were polished up basically from what we already are. No, 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 no. No, that is gone. That that is gone. Go ahead. And now like I said, you can post your, your best arguments against me if you want. Put them in this put them in the chat. We'll reason real reason this out together. Um, I know um a lot of people like to use that a scripture verse of Paul. He says the chief of sinners. Okay, well, go ahead. If if you think that 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 verse justifies your viewpoint of us being sinners, go go ahead, put that in there, or, or or any other one. Now let me just let me just put this on the table right here, real quickly, and this is the last time I'll say it. Now people will say, well, as soon as I say we're no longer sinners, I'm not a sinner anymore. They automatically jump to, well, I'm saying that I no longer sin. How they jump to that is beyond me. But that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that sin no longer controls me. In other words, I have a choice to play now whether I sin or not. So when I do sin, right, that means I've, I've made the choice to do that. But it, that means it doesn't control, control me. I'm not a slave to it. In other words, sin doesn't drive everything I do. It doesn't drive my thought life, right? It doesn't drive my words. It doesn't drive my actions. It doesn't drive what I watch on TV or the people I hang out with or 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 a number of, of things, right? Why? Because I've been set free from that. So I'm not saying I don't sin any longer. I'm just saying it doesn't control me and it is no longer my lifestyle. And, and you may say, well, well, I still sin, so that makes me a sinner. Well, no, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. You know, you, you could, let's, let's go to, let, let's just think real quick about 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And Paul is, is writing um, here, let me just, uh, I have it pulled up here. It says, uh, to the church, and this is a uh, verse two, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified, which means to be made holy, by the way, that word sanctified, be made holy in Christ Jesus and called to be saints, called to be holy. So, so Paul is writing here to the church in Corinth, right? A, a church where they did allow sin, but yet Paul is still calling them saints. Now, why would Paul do that? Why would Scripture say that? Because let, let, let's 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 just put it out there. Scripture is our test, right? A lot of times people will parrot things that they 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 hear that they don't have a foundation for it that they can't actually put explicit scriptures because they're just parroting belief systems. My challenge to you, as as we should all. Follow the truth wherever it may lead. And if it backs up a, a, a theological or doctrinal belief that you have, then praise God. If it corrects you, well, praise God just the same. But, but let's all endeavor to follow the truth together. Let's, can, can we agree to do that as, as students of the word? As people who are commanded to study, to show ourselves a workman not ashamed? And, that, and, that, and that, I love that, that language, ashamed, because what does the Bible say? That there is no shame, guilt, or condemnation for those who are now in Christ Jesus. So when you still think, well, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, and because oh, I messed up, I'm not there yet, and you feel so bad, that's guilt. That's condemnation. That's antithesis to the Bible. That's an antithesis to the Bible. And let me, I'm going to put it out there. You know, I don't miss words. To, to think that we're still sinners is, is, is a false belief. And I don't use a wrong, I use false. I use that word specifically because it is false. It, it, is, it is not only 
um, outside of the Bible. It's anti-biblical. It's anti the word of God, anti-God. It, yes, it's that. It, it, I'm going to go so far as to say it's heretical. It, it is a heretical belief to say that we are still sinners. Why? Well, what is what is the main definition of heresy? The main definition of heresy is a different gospel. So the gospel says that we can be reborn. Right? Made new. Right, right here, right here in the scripture. I'm bring it up on your screen right there. Right, so that we too may live a new life. It didn't say a refurbished life, right? We didn't get polished up. We we didn't uh, uh, get tinkered around with. We we were made completely new creations. That's what the Bible calls us, new creations. I have to harp on that. I think a lot of people think, well, well, when Jesus came, he kind of fixed me up. No, he didn't fix you up. No, he didn't fix me up. He didn't. He didn't fix our our broken heart. No, he gave us a new heart. Amen. He gave us a brand new heart, a, a brand new way of thinking, speaking, and doing. I mean, Jesus did say, out of the heart proceeds all sorts of evil, right? Well, then he gave us a new heart. That means all sorts of evil is, is not in us. Yes, and I love it. Let me just put this rise up on the screen. Thank you so much for, yes, be ye transformed. Exactly. Transformed. Made completely different. Made, made completely different. We are brand new. And, and when you walk around with this mentality of, of why well, I'm still a sinner, not only are, are you making heretical statements, right? You're, you're blaspheming the very name of Jesus who said that he sets us free. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. Now, like I said, I'm not here to, to condemn anybody out there. Right, notice I'm 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 attacking the beliefs, right? I'm polemically confronting these belief systems. I'm not I'm not trying to come against a, a person, but I but I have to speak the biblical truth. Paul Paul says to reject if anybody preaches a different gospel. The, the gospel is we are set free from sin. We have been given a new nature. We, we are completely transformed. We are, we are completely different. We are to reject that. And, and I, I can't, you know, put it into any stronger words. You say, well, bro, I still don't believe you. Well, that's okay. Let's, let's reason together. Let, let's reason together. So if you, like I say, if you disagree with me, put your best disagreements in the chat. So it says here, uh, verse 5, so Romans 6, verse 5, for if we have become united with him, in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be united in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old man, right, the sin nature, was crucified with him so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us. It doesn't have dominion. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For someone who has died has been freed from sin. We are, we are no longer con con uh, controlled by it. And thank you, Raj. I'm going I'm to leave these up on the screen for a second. Um, put a lot of scriptures up there. So speaking, speaking on the subject right here, here's some uh, more scriptures. You can go watch it, replay it later if you want to see some of these. Uh, um, so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Eric is, is getting exactly what I was saying about a new heart. You replace our cardia, which is the Greek word uh, for heart slash mind slash soul, uh, which is translated as heart, but the Greek is much more than that. Right. It's a new nature and inner self. Right. The Bible says, how a man thinks, how, how is he? The seed of our, our, our thoughts is, is attributed to, to our heart. And Paul here is using language that he would have known well in his day, that his audience would have understood about slaves. I mean, the, the Roman Empire was built on the back of slaves. You, you, you name a task that had to get done. Whether it was um, your hardcore type slavery, you know, working in mines to teachers. Teachers were slaves at times. Uh, doctors, physicians were slaves. So slavery was rampant um, in the Roman Empire. Like I said, it was built on the backs of slavery. 
So Paul knew exactly what he was talking about as a Roman citizen. Right? He, he would have known this. His audience living in, in outside of Israel would have understood this language, would have understood what it meant. What it meant when, when you were a slave, your, your master controlled everything you did. You, you didn't do stuff unless your master allowed it. You, you were controlled. Do this, do that, go here, do that. Eat this, wake up here, go to sleep then. You, you name it. You had no choice because you were a slave. But, but now we're no longer slaves. Paul, Paul is using this language for, for a reason. As usual, right? There's no idle word spoken by Paul or, or scripture, period. But we are given this new thing. We, we are set free from, from, from being slaves. Freed. I don't know um, uh, any, anything. Yes, yes, Eric is saying about in the Roman Empire, yeah, the master had the power of life and death, literally, over slaves according to Roman law. Slaves already had no rights. It didn't matter what, what position they held, but they were still controlled by the master. Now we, we are set free from that. We are set free from the law. So, so Paul continues on verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. So we died with him. Our old nature was killed off, right? Our old man was crucified. Right? We, we have crucified our flesh with its lust and desires elsewhere in the Bible. We know that continuing on. We know that since, uh, sorry, I'm going to put up on the screen. My bad. Apologies. Um, here we go. Ah, we know that since Christ, starting in verse 9 right here, has, has been raised from the dead, he is never to die uh, again. Death no longer has mastery over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus, right? Verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you obey its desires. You could say, do not let sin control your mortal body. We now have, in other words, we have a choice. Before we, we didn't have a choice in the matter. Before we were totally depraved. Sin controlled us and controlled every aspect of our life. I mean, even think, think about it. Think about, um, the, the best philanthropist out there, right? The, the unbelieving philanthropist who, who, who gives and gives. and But what most of the time, they do it for what? Notoriety. To make themselves known. Very, very few times will you find a philanthropist who is not well known. Well, selfish. This is what I'm trying to get at. It, regardless of the good we do, we're still controlled by selfish desires. As a sinner before Christ, right? You might say our lives BCE. I'll say, I'm going to coin this right here. Before Christ entered. Before Christ entered our lives, that's, that's what we were. We didn't love God. We couldn't live for God because we couldn't even make a choice. We couldn't even understand the scriptures. So if we're still sinners, that means we read this Bible, we can't understand it. If we're still sinners, then we're still walking in darkness. We don't have an understanding. The Holy Spirit is not in us. If 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 that's true, if that belief system holds holds any water, which it doesn't. So, yeah, exactly. And we felt no shame when we sinned. Correct. We might have felt bad, like you know, most likely it was because we got caught for it, but we didn't feel shame. We didn't want to make things right unless we were forced to truly make things right. We didn't change. I didn't change when I was a sinner. I, for instance, um, I felt bad. For pornography most times it's just because i got caught but i didn't change it still it still rained in my body lusts controlled me i couldn't i couldn't break free of it and to be honest is i really didn't want to break free from it but god but that was bce before christ entered right now we're not living in that anymore amen now now we're living after death post-death, into new life. We have a new way of thinking. We're, 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 we're changed beings, our very, even the very way we think. So, so what we mess up? Okay, fine. Okay, that's fine. So, so we still have to be perfected. Okay. 
I still see zero scriptural evidence that says we're still sinners. At the end of the day, my, my, right, mine and hopefully your litmus test of truth is found in the scriptures. And if we say something is in the Bible, then we should be able to point to it in the Bible explicitly so. Like, like the trying nature of God. It's explicitly found in the Bible. The very deity of Jesus is found all over the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, all over it. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to use uh, um, examples. Uh, what about what about to be taken up? Right? We use a, a word called rapture. Well, I can point to that in the Bible. I, I can point to things like the dead in Christ shall rise first. Right? We, we shall all meet Jesus in the sky. Things like that. You see what I'm saying? That there's no there's no circular reasoning. Or circular logic, I don't. I don't have to jump through uh, mental hoops and do mental gymnastics to to prove these things because they're right there. I don't have to divorce scriptures from its context to do this. And you should be able to do the same thing if if, if what you say is true, right? if what you believe is true, then it should be able to say it explicitly in the scriptures. If it's not there, then it's not true. Let me say it one last time. If it's not there, and you say it's a biblical godly belief, but it's not there, then it is not true. So, in other words, you won't find anywhere in the scriptures that after salvation we are still called sinners. You won't find it. And I, and I'm, and I keep saying, I'm, I'm challenging you right now. Now is your chance during the live show to, to challenge me on this to, to see if it's true or not. All right, but continuing on, I see continuing on with Brother Paul right here on your screen. Um, let's see, continuing on, what uh, verse 15, what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know that if you present yourselves as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness? So we can't be sinners and saved because we are either obeying one master or we're obeying the other master. I, either we're obeying Christ or we're obeying the devil. And our fruits will show it. So, so you may right now be saved. I'm not going to be on here questioning people's salvation. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging your beliefs. So you may, you may think, well, but I'm still a sinner. Well, if that was true, then why are you bothered by it? If you're still a sinner, why does sin, why does sin now bother you? Could it be because you're saved? The Holy Spirit now lives in you and you have a new way of thinking now? And if that's true, then that means you're no longer a sinner. You're now a saint. Amen? We... It, it doesn't happen. I mean, let me continue on. I think, I think I'm going to get to, I'm looking at the time. I got plenty of time. I'm, I'm, we'll get to the part where, where Paul writes about being him being the chief of sinners. And we're, we're going to, I think, I think we'll get into that. Um, let's see. But thanks be to God. Verse 17. Um, right here. Oops. It's on the screen. My bad. It, it's pulled up on my screen. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, you, you, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching you were entrusted to. And having been freed from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. Oh, oh so that means we're, we're freed from that sin nature. We're no longer sinners. Instead, we're now enslaved to righteousness. Huh. Check it out. Check it out. Yes, 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 Raj. Yes, one of my favorite. You're going to put it on your screen here. Yeah, Paul, just the Corinthian church as saints. Yes. Yes, some of them were living in sin. Some of them did sin. They didn't, they didn't. Uh, so let me just give you a, a, a quick background on the church in Corinth. So before salvation, the Corinthians worshipped self. They worshipped the body and everything. So, so, so Paul comes in, plants a church there. Right, they get they get these wonderful gifts of the spirit poured out, but it's out of control. 
for one. That's one of the things that he addresses there. That's why that's why he has to give this this uh, expository um, teaching on how the gifts of the spirit are to um, operate in a, in a biblical manner because they're just completely out of control. Did that mean they were sinners though? No, it didn't mean. They didn't do it perfectly, but it didn't mean they were sinners. And we could go on and on about the the, the church in in Corinth and such. So let, let, let's uh, let's unpack this a little bit more here. Um, okay, Paul says, "I am speaking to you in human terms, because of the weakness of your flesh. <clears throat> For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so he's saying this is what when we did." Basically, <clears throat> we sin, and we sin some more. We surround, we surround ourselves with sin. We went and did sinful things and hung around sin, sinful people all the time. And basically, what he's saying. So now it says, "Though present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification." For when, when past tense, you were, you were past tense, slaves of sin. You were freed with regard to righteousness. So, Brother Hall, Paul, yet again, laying out easily for us to understand. Now, there are other places we could go. We could go to 1 John, right? And he writes, for instance, if you do sin. He says, I'm writing to you this, dear children, so that you do not sin. Then he goes on to say, but if you do sin. Notice, John didn't use the word when you sin, right? He could have, but he didn't. He used if you sin. But if you sin, in other words, we if we make a choice to sin, well, he said, well, guess what? There's good news. You got Jesus. When you repent, ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. Amen? Yes, free from sin and slave to righteousness. Exactly. So, so then... Yeah, let, let's go to. Just trying to remember the scripture off the top of my head. Let me let me just look this up real quick for you. Um, let's see the either chief of. I know, I know, I, I know. It's in I think first, first or second Timothy. By the way, I can't always um, remember things off the top of my head. So let me just look up. Let me just look up this one um, scripture that oftentimes. Completely divorced. There we go. First Timothy chapter one. So let us go then to First Timothy chapter one. Let, let's confront this thing. This is this is probably the most popular argument to say that we are still sinners. So going to First Timothy chapter one. It'll bring up on your screen shortly here. Going down to the the right verse. Um. Let's see. Uh, do, do, do. Ah, here we go. That's correct. I had to make sure um, before I brought it up on your screen that it was going to be correct. So here we go on your screen. So let's see here. Let So let me just quickly point out proper, basic, biblical interpretation is use scripture to interpret scripture and always read above and below. Never divorce one scripture from its context. Let me just point that out real quick. So it says here, verse 12, 1 Timothy chapter 1, I am grateful to the one who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me faithful and putting me into ministry, even though I was formerly, past tense, a blasphemer and a persecutor and an arrogant man. But I was, past tense, treated with mercy because I acted ignorantly in, in, in unbelief. All past tense language here. And our Lord's grace was abundant, bringing faith and love to Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But here is why I was treated with mercy. So, so we have this, this one scripture, actually one little piece of a verse that people like to take and mean, but but what does it mean in its fullness? Now, I've said it before that um, I'm going to leave this up on your screen to read over. Um, I've said before that chapter and verse is a relatively new thing in, in terms of history 
in terms of the history of the Bible, um, that chapter and verse wasn't um, added in until uh, the Reformation time period. So you think, well, that was like 500 years ago, but it's relatively new in the whole history of things, right? Because 1,500 years after scriptures, right, was written. So just, just real quick there. Why do I why do I harp on that? Because people often say, "Well, they'll take one scripture, and, and they'll run with it, like or, or a few." But they don't realize that when we read these letters, is what they were. It is it is a continuous theme through these letters. It, it is not an interrupted thought pattern. That's why you'll see language used, by the way, in the scriptures. Therefore, that, you know, a continuation of a thought. Right? It would be no different than me saying, "Hey." You know, you don't want to die um, in a car wreck. Therefore, put on your seatbelt. Drive slow. See, they're not two separate thoughts. Right? We're not divorcing, say, saying, okay, don't, I don't want you to die in a car wreck. And then the other one is separate thoughts. It's a continuation. And that's how we should read the Bible. That's how we should especially read these letters. It's a continual thought. So, so another, to say all that, to say Paul here is not saying he is still the chief of sinners. In other words, when he was that, God set him free. Right? Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them. So Christ came to save him when he was the worst of sinners. Go, go read. It's all in past tense language. That's why we never divorce a scripture from its context. We don't just pull a scripture out one time, one, one area. We, we get into lots of um, trouble there when we do that, right? It's no different than than the don't judge crowd. Oh, the word Bible says don't judge, even though it really actually doesn't mean that. It means don't judge hypocritically. But, but this is essential for us as saints. If we don't realize that we're walking around with a new nature, we're not going to, well, then it's no wonder we're so ineffective for the kingdom. It, it's no wonder. We, we could be effective. And I'm, by the way, I'm not putting... Like, you have to do what I do, or you have to do what so-and-so does. That's not what I'm saying. Please hear me. I'm talking about the very basics of being effective. The very basics, like evangelizing. Well, no wonder we don't evangelize very well. Because we're preaching a false gospel. We don't believe the full gospel of the Bible. We don't believe that we're, we're no longer slaves to sin. No, well, when you, when you have that, no, it's no wonder you can't be as effective as you could be for the kingdom of Christ. Yes, exactly. So, so Eric here says uh, about about this. Uh, he was using a literary device. Sorry, Christ came to save sinners, of which I am the worst. But he has the patience for those who are going to believe. Paul says Christ had patience for him. Exactly. When he was the chief of sinners, Christ entered and saved him. Right, and now. Paul has the imputed righteousness of Christ. And we just got out of Christmas, right? We're about to enter into the new year. So what do I mean by imputed righteousness? In other words, we were justified. So, so let's unpack justified a little bit here. Let me see it. Justified by faith in Christ alone. Well, what does that mean? What does justified mean? That means now we're declared not guilty. That's what it means. Not us, by the way. God now declares us not guilty. No longer sinners. We are not a sinner anymore. That's what we're declared. That, that, that's how we get the imputed righteousness of Christ. In other words, no different. Let me, let me put it. Like I, said, I love using real world examples. Pick a nation of the world. Let's pick a nation that you weren't born. And you go over there. And eventually you apply and receive citizenship of said nation, right? But you weren't born a German. You weren't born an American. You weren't born a South African, right? But now that citizenship have, has been imputed unto you. Why? Because you moved there and you made an agreement to follow the laws of that nation, right? No different than when we bowed the knee and we declared Jesus Christ as our Lord we said Lord you are now my king and I agree to obey the rules of the kingdom and the rules of the king 
And God says, now I declare you son or daughter of me. Right? John 1 says that. To all he gave the power to be, to be sons of God. That's what happened. Now you are a son. You are a daughter of God. God wouldn't do that if you were still a sinner. God wouldn't do that if I, st I was still a sinner. That's, that's completely against his nature. The, the, the profane the profane and the holy cannot coexist. Right? I know a coexist bumper stickers, but hate to break it to you. They're false. No such thing. Now, yesterday I made, I've also made the case that his Holy Spirit will not dwell inside of a sinner. Would never do that. Ever. Right? No different than in the temple in the Old Testament when the Israelites were doing all sorts of crazy stuff in that temple. Burning incense. Um, literally having sex. Cult prostitution, if you will. And worse, and more. Well, God's glory was no longer in there. Why? Because he was no longer present. Yet, now we are called the temple of God. Right? We are the living temples that, that now the very presence of God inhabits day after day after day after day. If we were still sinners, that would be literally impossible. Amen? Literally impossible. I got a testimony here. Braz here says, from, from my personal experience, I had a strong addiction. I prayed something like, I don't want this anymore. And he says here, a moment later, I felt a power through my body, saw a vision of ropes being cut from my wrist. Amen. And then he says here, and was set free supernaturally. Exactly. 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 We, we, it's a supernatural thing. If you don't grasp this, then you're not going to walk in victory. You could walk in victory. You don't have the choice to walk in victory. But if you don't get this, it come at a great cost. And, and this, this false gospel, we wonder why don't we have revival? Because one of the reasons is, is, is we don't come into agreement with God's word. We don't come into agreement with our new nature. Well, no wonder there's no revival happening widespread. We wonder why there's not a, I don't know, third great awakening. Why isn't that happening? Why isn't that happening yet? Why? Well, when we don't, when we don't agree with what God's word says, no wonder, because we're not living it out. How can we how can we truly believe in revival if we don't even believe that that we ourselves have been revived? It, it, it can't happen. It's literally impossible. No wonder. We want, we say, but we don't believe it in ourselves. Now, see, the first person that has to believe something is ourselves. We wanted to get it out there, but we can't get it out there unless we first believe. Let me tell you what, the power of unbelief is, I'm not talking about struggling with something. I'm not talking about like, man, I don't know why. Why have I got, why hasn't God healed me yet? Man, my loved one died of cancer. He didn't heal me. I, I'm not sure to struggle with it. You're, you're on that basically, I believe, help my unbelief kind of, kind of thing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about we just unbelief in the very plain reading of the scriptures. No wonder. It's, it's like what you're doing is walking around like this, right? Because the Bible used the language about chains and set free and slavery, right? But you're walking around as if you still have chains on you, but you don't. Why, why, would, why, would, you, why would you want that? God doesn't want that for you. Why, why would you? It's, it's, it's man, it's, it's crazy. So I'm, like I said, I'm not here to condemn anybody. God forbid. I'm trying to give you a thorough biblical teaching on your new nature. That's what I'm here to do. Simple as that. What is your new nature? This is what the Bible says. Simple as that. Not, well, uh, well, I still mess up because therefore I believe that. Or I heard XYZ preacher, well-respected, long in the ministry, probably long in the tooth, say, say, I don't care. Show me in the Bible. What does the Bible say? I, I don't care what somebody says. 
if it disagrees with the Bible, it's it's wrong and at, at best and, and and false at worst. Amen. We, we we need to we need to get this in us. We need we need to just simply take the scriptures as they are. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The scriptures were not written for the deep theologically educated people. Majority of people would not have been able to read. They wouldn't have been able to read or write. Yet they could hear the plain meaning and, and, and understand the, the, the plain meaning of the scriptures. Think about it. Paul, even Peter. P Peter didn't go walking around, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. The very man who denied Christ in front of everybody didn't walk around, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Lip dragging on the ground, woe is me. You know what this 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 belief is? Also, it's a false humility. It's a false humility. You may you may not say, "Well, I don't, I don't." I'm, that's not my thought. I'm not saying what your thought is. I'm just saying what the, what the simple fact of the matter is. Just say there's a lot of people out there who think lots of things. They don't think what they believe is wrong or false. A lot of times, doesn't change the fact of the matter. Lots of people think think lots of things, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm here to tell you. I'm, I'm here to tell you it's false humility is what it is. Um, I'm still this and I'm still that. And da, 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 da. It's false humility, man. You know, you know what true biblical godly humility looks like in this case? Praise God he saved a wretch like me. Praise God. I once was lost, but now I'm saved. Think about that song. The lyrics to the to to what probably the greatest hymn ever written, "Amazing Grace." Written by somebody who 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 probably could have considered himself a chief of sinners of his time. Yet he knew that God had set him free. He knew of the amazing grace of God. That's it. Praise God, He saved me. Praise God, I'm a new creation. In other words, in other words, we're putting all of the the emphasis on God, why we have a new nature. And we're thanking him for it. We're not walking around dragging our lips. Man, man, that is, that is sad, sad Christianity. Oof. Don't be, don't be walking around like that. Don't, don't. Yeah, there's, there's no re, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no reason for that. It's unbiblical. That's no wonder maybe people don't want to listen to, to, um, to the gospel if, if you're like that. Jeez Louise. How about, how about how about you start testifying how, of what God set you free from? Hmm. Stop, stop, stop speaking death over yourself. No, I'm not a word of faith guy. Don't, don't get me wrong in that, but the Bible says what the Bible says, all right? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And it talks about we eat the fruit of it. And I know it's, I just paraphrased it, but. We eat the fruit. So if we keep speaking death over ourselves, right? I'm just a sinner. Well, no wonder we keep eating the fruits of it. How about we start saying what God has to say about us? You know, some, well, a lot of times we have to do that. Speaking from experience, by the way. Sometimes my noggin doesn't quite want to get it. So I got I to gotta, I tell my noggin. I gotta, hey, 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 Brink. Hey, stop thinking like that. That's wrong. No, well, we have to do it. I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not doing some naming and claiming thing. I'm, I'm simply saying, start start saying what the scriptures have to say about you. Okay, whom the Son says free is free indeed. Amen. Praise God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wow. Now the love of God compels and controls me. And go on and on and on. What does the scriptures says? No, Nikki. You know what? Let me, let me tell you what. Go ahead, put put your best scripture. If you disagree with me, I want I want scripture. You disagree with me? That, that's that's fine. Let's 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 reason together. But I want your scripture. I want your scripture. And I know you just joined late, but you need to go watch the whole thing. So you can rewind it. I think you're able to rewind it while I'm live streaming. Either way, you need to watch the whole thing. 
I want I want I want chapter. I want verse. I want where the Bible says it. If 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 that's true. <clears throat> so, no, it doesn't say that. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, let's let's go to that. I know exactly where that scripture is. That's fine. You said if okay, First John. Well, we can go to First John together. That is not a problem. I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Now let's do this together. This is this is this is awesome. I, I love I love doing stuff like this. By the way. Uh, there we go. One second here. There we go. I thought so. First John chapter one. So, um, excuse me here. So what does it actually say in first John? Let's see what the Bible actually says. Let's not divorce it from its context. It doesn't say sinner, by the way. So I see go all the way down. Oh, going to the footnotes here. By the way, that's why I like the NAT. There's a footnotes. Good Lord. Okay. Here we go. Um, right. If we if we say we do not bear the guilt of sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay. Where does it say anything about sinner? Now, I could bring up the Greek and show you where it doesn't say sinner. But then it says here in verse 9, like I said, always use all of Scripture. Never take one verse by itself. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous, forgiving us our sins, and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Right? We have, if we say we have sinned, we have made him a liar, as where that is. Okay. But remember, this is a letter. Remember, chapter and verse is a relatively modern concept. So let's go to, let's go, let's see what else the Bible says. My little children, I'm writing these things to you right here so that you do, so that you may not sin. Oh, okay. But if the yeah, word if, yeah, if you brought if I if I brought the Greek Greek up on your screen, by the way, it would mean if. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, and He Himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for our sins but the whole world. So I guess it doesn't say we're still sinners. It just says if we say we have no sin. By the way, this was written. Also, to confront um, Gnostic, the Gnostics at that time, who who wanted to divorce the body and the spirit, right? They thought any, anything physical was, was no bueno, no good. So, so there we go. So it doesn't say where where. Yes, I know, I know. Nikki said if we if we confess our sins, where does it say that we are a sinner? Though I'm I'm waiting for this. I, I'm waiting for somebody to show me where it says that we are still sinners. Where does where does the Bible define us as sinners? That's, that's what I'm waiting on. Because the word saint, which we're called saints, is the Greek word comes from the Greek word hagios, which means holy. So saint is synonymous with holy. So let's see. Um, we were we were in Romans chapter six. Um, just, let's see if I want to go back to that. Let's see. Romans 6. There we go. So, scroll down to footnotes. Okay. Having been free from sin, you became a slave to righteousness. Uh, should pop that on your screen. There we go. There we go. Hmm. It says, past tense, for when you were slaves of sin, you were freed with regard to righteousness. Okay. But now you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God. Okay. There we go. Bible says what it says. Means what it means. Simple, plain text. Right. Um, I'm still waiting. See, I don't see a Bible verse. What do you call those who still sin? Human beings. Saints, what the Bible says, saints, yeah, that's what the Bible, that's what the Bible says. So, so you know, I, mean, I, I like to say this too if you have a belief system you say is in the Bible and you can't provide scriptures for that, then, you, then it's either one of two things, right? <clears throat> At best, it just means a person needs to study the scripture more and they're ignorant of the scriptures. Or that belief is wrong and false. One of two things only. 
I'll give you an example. If if I say, um, yeah, we'll just go with the Trinity. God is triune in nature. Now it's in the Bible, but if I can't really pull point to where it speaks of, of that stuff, then it's just my fault because I haven't studied the scripture. But now if I if I if I go to the to the far end of the spectrum and say, well, the Trinity is not true. Well, now that's false and wrong. And I can't find that anywhere in scripture that says God is not three in one. See what I'm saying here? So so we, we have to be careful here. We we have to be very careful to be good students of the word. Very, very, very careful. S study to show yourself a workman, not ashamed. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I don't mind reasoning with anyone. I don't mind that. But at, at the same time, I, I, I want people to show me scripture. Well, I'm still this according to the Bible. Okay. Okay, if it's according to the Bible, then show me in the Bible. It's no different than people say, well, pre-tribulation rapture. It's not there in the Bible anywhere. It's no different. It's no different than any belief that we might have. Well, I think the Bible okays me to do X. Okay. Well, show it to me. Show it to me. See what I'm saying here? Bible. We have to go by what the Bible says. So like I said, if you jumped in late and you didn't get a chance, go watch the whole thing, please. Um, uh, so I really haven't seen any any scriptural challenges yet. I mean, I have one, but I, I brought that up. So we got a few more minutes left. So go ahead, throw out there your best. If you disagree with what I'm saying, right, throw out your best scriptural proof. Throw it out there. Say, say, brother, you're wrong because the scriptures say, okay, well, then throw it out there. Go ahead. So, um, you know, and that's okay. Like I said, if we disagree, we can disagree. And I just, we disagree in love. But I'm, 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 I'm this is the point that we're still saints and holy is a, is a hill that I will die on. And I will not budge an inch on this. Because it is in the Bible, and the Bible makes it abundantly clear, not only in the entire chapter of Romans chapter 6, but calling us new creations. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Things like that. Everywhere. That is the gospel. Whom the Son says free is free indeed. And we, we cannot enter the kingdom unless we're born again. Okay, well, how can we say we're born again if we still say we're sinners it doesn't work out that way it's a false gospel it is a heretical gospel blaspheming the very name of jesus who says he has come to set us free this is a dangerous belief system so um that's not what the early church taught for over 1500 years uh then I, then you need to study church history if you don't believe the early church taught what i'm what i'm saying right now then you haven't studied early church history you, you haven't studied um many of the other i'll say the trailblazers of the reformation they they didn't get the press pun intended there get it gutenberg press that luther got because he had the gutenberg press but we have plenty of others who went before him. We had uh, Jan Hus, who who fully fully would go by what I say. Um, William Tyndale, and a lot of the other names escaped me at this moment in time. But you need to study church history then. And because this is what they said. This is what they believed. Go, go read Eusebius. Go read Athanasius. Go, go read lots of them. And by the way, I don't care what the early church father believed necessarily if it disagrees with scripture. Because if you say, well, the early church, well, you can pick out an, a, a church father to, to go by something you want to believe in. 
but it didn't make make it doesn't make him right. You know, Augustine for the majority of his life was a cessationist. And later in his life, he realized that he had been wrong the whole time. See what I'm saying? There are many church fathers that believe some lots of things that were anti-biblical. None of none of the earlier church, none of the, the church councils, the ecumenical councils and other councils that gathered even agreed with one another on things. They couldn't even agree with things. So anyway, um, anyway, well, I haven't seen a scripture. Told you what the scripture said. It's not up to me to convict anybody. Not 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 me to to uh to be the the Holy Spirit leads leads people in all truth, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay in that. Um, if you're going to trust in Luther and Calvin, then that's fine. I don't know what that means. I don't I don't know what that means. Trust in Luther or Calvin. I don't I don't know what that means. I trust in the Bible. If it goes against the Bible, it's against the Bible. So. Uh, we all have agreed on the canon of St. Athanasius, correct? By the way, um, the canonicity of the scripture um, was becoming very fleshed out even as the letters became circulating. So even prior um, to 70 AD, even there were um, letters of Paul being used in scripture. Um, First Corinthians, I think the book of Ephesus or a book of Ephesians, they were both written prior to 70 AD. Uh, I might have that, but there were ones that were written prior to 70 AD. So they were already being used as scripture. Um, by the time of the second century, already most of the books that we have today were recognized as scripture authoritatively. So no, Trent Horn is a Romanist. I've watched what he had to say. I'm not going to listen to what a Romanist has to try to teach me about things. I've listened. No, L listen to Steve Christie. Check out Council of Trent. Yeah, I know. I know the Council of Trent, Post Reformation. Um, yeah, uh, 18th century. So they didn't canonize the scripture until after the Reformation. So that's. So why would I? Why Why would I want to pay attention to the Council of Trent? Unless you're trying to tell me the books of the Apocrypha inspired scripture, and if you're trying to tell me that the books of the Apocrypha are inspired scripture, then we have a major problem. Then, then, then that is a, a, a major, major problem because they are not. By the way, I have uh, the Apocrypha. Um, Eric has the Apocrypha. Like I said, um, the Apocrypha was not considered scripture until post Reformation. So if you want to go, well, for the church taught and believed such and such for X amount of time, you want to go by that as a test, and it's a good test, by the way, then we should go by what they consider to be uh, inspired scripture. And that means that means for 1,700 years, and I don't remember the exact date of the Council of Trent off the top of my head right now, that means for roughly, we'll say 1,700 years, nobody held the Apocrypha as as um as scripture see that by the way you can watch my interviews i did with steve christie more on this subject of of the canonicity of scripture by the way i did two interviews go ahead look them up just you could go on my youtube channel look up steve christie um should be one two i have three interviews total with him but i did two uh, back to back on why protestant bibles are smaller it's this book he wrote on this subject by the way, so we are now at the end of the show. Thank you, everybody. Whether you agreed with me, whether you disagreed with me, thank you so much for watching. If you challenged me on things, praise God for iron sharpening iron here. That's great. I don't mind. Okay, I'm not getting offended. Iron sharpens iron. So whether we came to an agreement or we're walking away in disagreement, we all still still love you. Still love you no matter what. Um, so with that, we'll end the show. That means, by the way, I'll see you next year. Happy New Year to everybody out there. I will see you next year. Heaven, it's a one way, one truth, one life. That's why we're not ashamed of the name of Jesus. And we don't care.